Hey, y'all. You're listening to How I Got Here with Drina Whitfield, the podcast that dives deep into the unique journeys of some of the dopest entrepreneurs, business leaders, and personalities I know. I'm your host, Drina Whitfield. I created this podcast to have real, honest conversations about the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. Grab your notebook, sit back, relax, and catch these gems. Today, I am chatting with entertainment industry veteran Gina Charbonnet. Her resume credits include founder and owner of G-Shar, an entertainment and production agency where she's produced events for Black Girls Rock, the NAACP, the National Democratic Committee, BET, Converse, New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival. And lastly, but definitely not least, Gina was the executive producer of the Empowerment Stage at the Essence Festival for more than 15 years. More recently, she executive produced the indie feature film, My Belle, My Beauty, which premiered at Sundance this year. And it actually won the audience award. So congratulations on that, Gina. And it's slated to be in theater soon. Gina, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, no, thank you, Trina. You know, it's always a pleasure. You know, I love you so much and just enjoy our conversation so much. And so I'm looking forward to this. Oh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Me and Gina met, uh, I want to say over like, I don't know, has it been like, how long has it been? I don't want to say 10 years, but maybe I, it's like, I think it has been close to what? I think I think so. I mean, I'll, I'll say this. I, I I really, yeah, it's been about that, honestly. <laughs> so Gina and I met when I was working for Senator Cory Booker, who, who was mayor at the time of the city of Newark. And I had pitched him to be part of Essence Festival. And Gina was, you know, her, Gina and her team, I should say, was producing the panel that he was a part of. And since then, like we clicked and formed our own relationship. I remember at one point, I really wanted to work with Gina, like as a part of her team, because I just thought she was so fly. She was killing it with the Essence Empowerment stage. It was like the stage to go to. And her energy was just amazing. Fast forward years later, me and Gina actually did work together where she was a client of mine and, you know, we've just remained friends throughout the whole process. So Gina, thank you. Yeah, no, like I said, thank you, Gina. That was such a, I mean, I hope I can live up to it. <laughs> oh my God. But thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Oh my God. You've lived up to that and more. Knock it off. Gina is so humble and be out here killing shit and just stop it. I've said your, you know, a few of your accomplishments, but I definitely want to take it back to the beginning. We all have that question in our yearbook where it said, I will be X, Y, Z in 10 years. What did you write? Oh my God. I, I mean, I want to be this, this amazing, you know, like visual artist. That's, that's what I want to be. I want to paint my way to, you know, money and fame. That that's what it was for me in high school, you know, but my mom passed away and that sort of vision kind of changed and, you know, changed to something else for me that was still creative. But I didn't quite know what that path was going to be, I think, until I was in my 20s. <laughs> so, you know, I'm a late bloomer, as as they say. So <laughs> I yeah. feel like, though, I feel like everyone kind of 
when they're in that 20s age bracket, they're trying to figure out what they want to do, who they want to be, where they want to go with themselves professionally and personally. So do you feel like during that time frame is where you kind of laid the foundation to who you've become today? Um, I, I mean, I, I think so. I think, you know, like I said, a- after my mom died, I had a lot of, I think, confusion and, you know, trying to figure out where I was and dealing with grief and dealing with the loss of her being a major rock of the family. So it, it took me a little while, I think, to get on track with trying to understand sort of where I wanted to be and what I wanted to do because, I, you know, I came from a family, well, not everybody knows this, but I grew up in, I spent a lot of time in my family's funeral home, Charbonnet funeral homes, and, you know, always saw this this incredible sense of community and, and what that sort of entity meant to the community. So I knew it was always something that I had to kind of stay connected, right, to the community. But I also knew that the creative part of me, the painter, that part of me needed to do something that was creative. I don't know if it was going to be painting per se, but I knew it had to be something that was really about a way to express my creativity. And I graduated college when I was, I think, 25. Because like I said, it took me a minute. I was managing an art gallery. I was doing all these things, you know, mm-hmm. uh, give myself some time to figure stuff out. But it was at that point that I also started working in like theater production and, and you know, designing light patterns and, you know, managing um, the theater stage in that eventually led to, you know, me studying film. And so, you know, me studying film, I got a chance to create my own sort of like two minute films and edit in, in that process and really talk to people on, on directing them and, and how they, what they should do, you know, these films. And I think, and that's when sort of this production bug kind of bit, bit, kind of, you know, kind of bit at me, or I guess like found its way to me or really inspired me because I convinced my professors when I was a senior in college to really, to let me, work on a film set versus continuing to study in class, which I don't know how I did that, <laughs> but they said yes. And, you know, so right. I'm like, how did you do that? How did you do that? How did you convince them to do that? Let you do that? I just asked, I was like, listen, I, I you know, I need some real life experience in this classroom. It's not giving me that. I mean, we can talk in theory about, oh, let's create this film or let's study you know, film, you know, critics or let's study like the, you know, what film is meant, you know, as far as the medium and all stuff. I mean, I could study it all day long. And I was also a journalism student. I could write all day long, but I was like, I need to be, you know, somewhere where I am learning hands on. That's more in a practical sense. You know, I'm the person that I need to kind of see it and be in it and feel it to really understand it. And that's when the production bug, you know, first kind of, you know, like I said, kind of, I was like, oh, I like this, you know, it's mm-hmm. I like the face, like the people, they're a little quirky, like me, you know, a little weird. And so it, it just made sense that that's kind of where, you know, I, I was going to fit it, fit in in life. And East Bayou, I worked on that thing maybe a year or so later when I got un- out of undergraduate and that really changed my perspective, you know, on women and what they could do, you know, as far mm-hmm. as like, you know, careers, as far as creative careers. So Eves Bayou was your first sort of creative job outside of college? Was was that your first one? Was, that was the first. I mean, it wasn't my first creative job. I mean, I always, I was a gig worker for a very long time. Not, not a long time, but, but long enough 
that, you know, I did production work, like I said, in different sort of capacities, whether it was like on videos or like I said, if it was, you know, on film in, in different ways. I mean, I've, I've done wardrobe on films, you know, I've, I've worked in the office doing production work, but East Bayou was really the point in my early life that was like, Gina, you know, you, 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 you can now see who you can become. Mm-hmm. You know, Casey Lemons really did take, you know, sort of command of how people were hired. It's the first time, you know, we were able to hire. I saw people being hired. I recommend people being hired who were black, who worked as in hair. I mean, Brian, you know, Beatty is a guy who's worked, who worked now works Journey Smollett. I convinced him that to work on East Bayou, you know, as a, his first films because I was like, no, you need to do this. Like, this is going to be something that's really big. You know, and Casey really was very adamant about the crew re- reflecting the the project that, that that she was creating and producing and writing. So to me, that was something that I'd never experienced before outside of my family's business, that you got to see sort of like kind of like Black excellence, especially a woman commanding control in, in that way. And so that really was like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Yeah. I love it. And like Ease by You is just like such, especially in Black culture, is such a classic movie. And so to hear that you worked on that, like Gina, I didn't even know that before <laughs> this call. Like you've never even shared that. Oh, the things I don't share. <laughs> so much. So much. <laughs> so much. Like talk me back a little bit. Like how did you even land the, the, the gig at Ease by You? Because I had the community in New Orleans is so small. And when it came to working on films or, you know, TV production in a capacity, you don't have, it's not a lot of people. And I had the opportunity to work with, you know, I worked on Arlene's, another pilot that Larry Hagman did. I think Vanessa Bell Calloway may have been the, like his, his sort of like lead or his love interest on, on Arlene's many moons ago. And so I made connections through that pilot and that enabled me to sort of, they recommended me because I know they needed black bodies. <laughs> I hate to even say it like that. I don't want to, you know, but they needed black people who were experienced, who could work with a skill set that I, that I had. That's what opened up that, that door for me is that, you know, I got recommended because I was probably one of three people at the type of work that I was doing back then. Mm. Mm-hmm. It just it, it, it's changed a little bit, and you know it's, it's starting to change a little bit in in, in, in that in the industry. But there were few of us, so I had that was great. It worked out for me that I was someone they recommended as no one or just just paid attention <laughs> and being a hard worker. <laughs> so I had that much experience, you know, up until that time. But I was definitely the kind of person to caught on pretty quickly. So. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's key to anybody trying to like for anybody trying to like start something new or to break into like a career that they dream of like getting into. Right. So after Eve's by you, what was next for Gina? Oh, I didn't even, you know, like I said, I was a gig worker back then. I was like, OK, something else will come up. You know, we kind of live in this this I mean, I guess it's, it's very correlates to, to how we live now or we're being encouraged to live now so just let life unfold until like something else will pop up. And I was working with Nikki Wright, who was Ed Lewis's daughter. And Ed Lewis was a, a, a founder of Essence Communications. 
And she recommended me for a job with the Essence Festival. My next gig came working or was with or was with working with the production company Festival Productions Inc. New Orleans, which produced the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival and Essence Festival. So she recommended me to work, you know, with Festival Productions. And I first worked with them on the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival. So the coordinator from then on, it was like, you know, I, I had an opportunity or they would call me and say, hey, what do you think about, you know, assisting the coordinating producer? And yeah. I've, I've never really done a lot of events before like that. Like, I mean, as far as the administrative kind of pre-production part of it, but I'm willing to give it a shot. And I worked with EJ Ankelard, another black woman, you know, for a number of years with Bethel, with Bethel Productions, Inc., as sort of being this administrative assistant that grew my role to being, you know, a production manager, line producer, and eventually was picked to work with Susan Taylor. Wow. And so that, that really changed the game for me was working with Susan Taylor too. She became more of a mentor to me. And again, I was in awe. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say like when you start, so like when you were offered this opportunity, Mm -hmm. did you even imagine that it could lead to all of like the doors that open to you in this role? And I also like how you emphasized, you know, you started as an administrative coordinator. Yeah. Yeah. So you were, what were you doing? You were filing, you were like, what oh were you doing? I was like the person at the facilitate meetings when I had to coordinate like 50 people <laughs> schedules. And then it was like sending correspondence. It was keeping track of contracts. It was just being the buffer, you know, answering all the calls, making sure, you know, my boss had everything she needed before calls, making sure a schedule was open. I, you know, I had to manage a lot of things. And see, you know, but all of those things contributed to who you became like this boss of the empowerment stage. And I mean, you know, a lot of people don't get to see behind the scenes, but Gina, you run that thing. Okay. (laughs) And so I want to really like emphasize and like stand on this, like stand in this moment because we live in such an instant gratification world, right? Where people want the big jobs with the big responsibilities and it's glitzy and it's glamorous and don't realize that a lot of folks in those roles worked from the bottom. Like you said, facilitating meetings, making sure your boss had everything she needed to be successful. And people noticed that and they, they moved you up the ladder to, you know, where you were running your own damn stage. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and that's and that's exactly right. I had to I had to learn different skill sets. So I did. I mean, as any of us, you know, go into something, we don't always know the ins and outs. I think it depends on who hires you. Everyone's a different style of doing things, and so you have to learn their style, and you have to be patient, and you can't get frustrated. And having to manage a schedule for like fifty plus people for meetings was massive, and. I had to learn patience with people. I had to learn I couldn't lose my cool with people. You know, I had to, you know, kind of learn. It it really helped me become more diplomatic and learning how to work well under pressure. Mm. Grace. (laughs) (laughs) By the grace of God, I am, you know, as as I say, because, you know, 
work in the Essence Festival is such a Herculean effort and, and it, it runs like a well-oiled machine because you have people in positions, uh, management positions that can know how logistically manage crowd flow or know how to manage talent or know how to manage different aspects of, of whatever production means. And production can mean a lot of things. And that's, a, and we don't think about what that means. And mm-hmm. so it could be from coordinating people, talent, transportation, how you're going to manage talent drop-off, how you manage the program leaving and started. It's working with the other producers, te- technical producers, you know, make sure you have everything you need technically to run your state. It's so massive. If you don't know how to have grace, you know, in those situations, it it it, it really, I wouldn't be where I am. And I, so, so for me, again, working with all those people in the schedules <laughs> and, <laughs> and having to manage facility schedules, it really did teach me a lot about patience and, and mm. that grew sort of my temperament, <laughs> you know, for this business and, and, and what it entails. Cause it's, it's not a business for everybody. It's, you gotta work hard. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I was going to ask, so like, how hard was it? And like, how many times, if any, did you feel like, you know what? It's a wrap. I'm not doing this anymore. Like I'm giving up. <laughs> we could go find something else to work on because this is too much. Did you ever have any moments like that along your your journey of, you know, producing this massive event over the last 15 years? You know what? It's so crazy that I, I never said I want to throw up my I want to throw up my hands and give up because for me it's like I always think of situations that sometimes are challenging as a way to figure it out. You know, like it's just a puzzle. And so if this part's not working, let's figure out an alternative way to do this. And so for me, those challenges really did test me at times. I will say that much, but it also gave me stamina to know that there's always, there's there's a different way of, of handling it and diffusing the situation. Because I will say, I had to, I think I mentioned working on, on my website. <laughs> That's going <laughs> to And I was asking people for, for different quotes who, who worked with me. And one of them said, you know, you work really well under pressure. And I was like, oh, okay. Because I don't think so in my head. I'm like losing my mind. But I, I don't think people actually see that. <laughs> no, we don't. Like, you're honestly, you're so calm and like chill, like, and I've seen you a few times backstage and I've never, and I know it's like craziness or something happened and you've always re- like just remained like, you know, confident, you know, extremely calm. Cause I know I'd be freaking out, but you do work well under pressure because I've seen it. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's all a combination of, you know, dealing with high maintenance people. <laughs> like I said, dealing with 50 people, you got coordinating schedules and. Yeah, it's, 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 that's a lot of life experience mm-hmm. that, you know, has given me grace. <laughs> <laughs> you started as, what was it? An account coordinator? Uh, no, administrative coordinator. Administrative coordinator. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And so what was the level of, I guess, elevation for you from that point to executive producer? It was in, in because, it, well, eventually I, like I said, I kind of, I was growing out of these roles because I was managing things so well and added systems in place that I could actually teach 
other people to to do. Vessel Productions at that time, you know, had this opening to work what was then called the Empowerment Seminars, work on the on Empowerment Seminars with Susan Taylor. And yeah, I think Susan Taylor was a little intimidating for, you know, a lot of people, a lot of us, <laughs> um, you know, because she is, she is so iconic and, you know, she's, exactly. I mean, I think of black excellence, I think of her and this woman who, you know, was talking about spirituality in a different sense and leadership. She represented a woman leader to me too. And so I got asked, would you, would you consider it? Would you consider it? And at that point, I was also teaching at Xavier as a as a an arts business instructor. So I had to balance, you know, being this instructor to students, and you know, also being this executive producer. But again, I think even that sort of enhanced where I was coming from this this from Xavier University in in dealing with students who, you know, I think looked at me to give them some kind of nourishment and give them that black excellence. I want to say that Susan, working with Susan, made me want to be excellent more. And and it really did help me organize, I think, things a little bit differently and, and appropriately. And I learned to work with her. And she taught me so many things again, you know, had to had to be very gracious and again learn, you know, what how to really be there for her and, and give her what she needed so she could shine. That's what I did for a number of years and until, you know, Essence was sold to, you know, Time Inc. We worked together very closely sometimes and like, you know, post two thousand and five, we worked together very closely in, in, in her, her home. And we'd have these amazing lunches. We'd do with Asha Bendele and Asha. Yeah, Michaela Angela Davis and, and my in my um you know speaking points writer Michaela uh Harrison for a long like it we did it for like three years. It was crazy. And what came of that was so, so such dynamic programming and such mm-hmm. a you know wealth of speakers and topics and it was just amazing. So I'll be forever grateful for just that opportunity and, and again, to learn what she needed. And so learning about her, I also learned about myself, mm. what I wanted and, and what, again, was possible and starting a new dialogue of myself that anything's possible. You know, we have to stop the, the negative sort of chatter in our head. I think the, the, the big part of why people don't take the leap lots of times is because they really do feel this big sense of fear that what will happen if I do succeed. You know? Oh my God, Gina, this is God speaking through you right now. I am so serious because I just had a conversation with someone about this earlier today mm. that, you know, a lot of times people are scared when they're like on the brink of something because they're scared of the success that it brings. Yeah. And that, I mean, hey, listen, 2020, I told you, it's it's the push that I needed. I think you're afraid of the change because I think that for most adults, <laughs> used to doing things, doing things a certain way and that certain way gives us security. And when that certain way is taken away, that security is taken away, you're like, oh my God, you know, wait, well, hold up. Like, what what am I doing? Because we don't know how to be in this new state of change. Mm. Um, and 2020 has really been about cathartic, radical change. 
across the board, you know, and, and I, I think that anyone can test to how it's changed them, family, relationships, jobs, our health, finances. It's just been, it's like, you know, the racial reckoning, I think corporate reckoning, right? I think, again, it's even, let's talk about the bad behaviors everyone's been practicing for so long. I think it's about gender. I think it's about racial changes. I think it's about all kind of changes that uh, it's going to be interesting what the end of this year brings. I, I really don't think we're going to be in a path to knowing what those changes across the different sort of lenses, what that may even look like, I think, until we get to the end of 2021. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, it's exciting times, but it's not easy. It, if you're stuck in your ways and settled, it's not it's not something that's easy. <laughs> All the same, take some patience. A lot of prayer, you know, a lot of prayer and therapy. <laughs> yeah. Listen, if 2024, you know, any like everyone to do anything, it was just to reevaluate themselves eternal internally. And you know, if, if this was the time you were looking to get a therapist. <laughs> If you've been looking to get a therapist, now it's a perfect time. So, yeah. I want to talk a little bit, though, about like, you know, going back to fear, like fear of success, right? So that first day, I guess, that you were EP of the empowerment stage, that first day where there, it was like the Gina show, quote unquote. (laughs) Uh, oh my God! So, I what was, did that? What did that feel like? Who was like the first? Like, who was on the main? Who was on the stage that day? Oh my Do you God. remember? I don't remember because I was I was a director when they first hired me. Then, like I think a year later, I got I became producer, and then in 2007, Festival Productions Inc. lost their contract with the Essence Festival. And I was tapped to take over producing the empowerment programming by the GM. And so that was like, oh, okay. You know, I didn't, I didn't realize what was going on until I started really working more closely, like I said, with Susan. And then it was like, you know, oh, wait, I have control of this thing. Like I've listened to anybody tell me what to do. <laughs> I was like, whoa. So I mean, in, in in one regard, it's it's amazing and it was a beautiful feeling. But other on the other side of that was a fear that if something went wrong, there's no buffer, you know, that it would all fall on. Yep. Me. And again, by the grace of God, <laughs> nothing. And we had some things, that, of course, it's production, things go wrong, but nothing major that we had to have conversations about <laughs> any discontinuation of contracts, anything like that. But, you know, it's, I guess, like, for me, I've always said that my life, my adult life, like, I've been in this blissful state, and I don't really think about these opportunities that I have until years later, or things I've worked on until years later. And so I don't remember who my very first guest was when I became executive producer, who that big, that big person was. But it it was more of a sense of, Gina, you done this, like you've created a system that works. You have created your own your own way of or, or even showing the festival a, a way of producing this that's efficient and effective. You know, not just for the Essence Fest who was my client, but for the talent that we became brand ambassadors to to our I, I had to lead my staff and the staff we had was amazing. We still I mean our, 
the staff that that we had is just a like I said, my support really spoke volumes to just the way we train, the conversations we have, you know, the prayer, the the positive reinforcement, um, and just the the fever, a passion that you know these my staff had for, for what they do and, and respect they have for talent that we were programming and producing programming with. So it was a, I mean, I think about that now, I'm like, okay, yeah, I got to do this and I create a system that works. And so thinking about that now, I will, I will tell people to definitely think about their systems and what they do and, and how they do things. Definitely think about that as your intellectual property. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you really do have to be aware of the things we create and how to monetize those things in a bigger sort of sense, it, it, you know, for just ourselves. It is something that we are, we created and we perfected. Definitely. I want to ask though, like, since you can't remember your first, you know, major talent that graced the stage, that that first year that you stepped into EP role. I mean, as you look back over the years, who would you say was, you know, one of the the joys of your time producing the empowerment stage? Like who would you say was that person or that team that you loved working with and, you know, helping to bring them to the stage was just like a joy and a dream like realized? Oh, absolutely, Oprah. Right? Yeah. I'm hoping you was gonna say that one. I remember that year. Yeah, Oprah <laughs> was amazing because her team was just like she was so low. I mean, didn't ask for a whole lot. They worked things out, advanced stuff with the facility. It was no big deal, which I was like, whoa, this is like really easy. It wasn't like, you know, I need a thousand tickets, I need this and that. <laughs> you know, she was just so lovely and it's so crazy. I didn't get a chance to meet her. By a Brandon who assisted me did, which was crazy because I, I was putting out cards backstage. But yeah, yeah, they, she was she was amazing, and her message was amazing, and that feeling of her you, being in a room with her, you almost want to cry. It's weird, yeah, you know, yeah. so, such an impact on people. But she was amazing, and it was like a surprise appearance, right? Well, to we, the, to the attendees, like everybody yeah, did. No, and you know, that year Yamla couldn't make it for some personal health reasons. And so we had to basically, Yamla's one of the reasons why Oprah was there. Mm. Because she had, she spoke to Essence and, you know, I was working with Patrick Henry Bass back then. And, and we got a call saying, you know, Oprah may step in. And we're like, what? You know, so, <laughs> so that, that worked out. And, we also had, I think, a media partnership with OWN that year, too. And so it, it worked out really well. And that was just, it, I mean, that was just amazing. That whole moment was just amazing. It was perfect. It was. I rem- and, like, Gina gave me the lowdown that she was about to be in there. So she told me to stay in. Yeah. They were, were going to close those doors. Those eyes. They shut down everything. They shut down, I think, almost, I mean, even the halls that were close to us. They, exactly. I car backstage trying to move people. Because they weren't supposed to be there. And I was like, I caught up in all that and didn't get a chance to, to meet her. So 
Oh, well, no. Well, it was a phenomenal surprise. She was, like you said, if you're in a room with her, you're liable to cry just because she's amazing. Yeah. So kudos to you for even making that happen, even though you didn't get a chance to meet her. But that was your you moment. Assume, I think that might happen. Who knows? You know, exactly. You know, be open about those kind of things. So. Claim, <laughs> claim it. That's right. And- And and one of the other great moments that if folks haven't been to festival and, you know, one of the great moments that Gina always puts together is the Sunday, the Sunday uh, programming, which is really the gospel gospel, uh, celebration. Usually, Child, you get a word and a song every single year. It's just the most amazing day to come outside of like the regular programming and, you know, the, the amazing concerts that Sunday stage. Yeah. Is a whole different level. Yeah, we had Johnny Gill, I think, in in two thousand no two thousand eighteen. We had Johnny Gill. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Yes, yes. On the yes. Sunday stage. Yeah, I, yes, he he actually. Oh my god, was it? I can't. You know what? And I should have looked at these schedules. We got to spell, but he paid he paid tribute to I forgot who it was. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm have to look it up. But he he did a solo. And I think 2018 was the year that the first time we had to stop the, and I think this is when you and I were working together. You don't remember this? That that Sunday they had to shut down a hall. Oh, yes. Because they, they literally. It was too many people. It was too many people. And I was like, what's going on? And people had flights to catch. And people were like, I need to get out of here. And, and the fire marshal shut us down. Oh, yeah, that was a wild I don't like when that happens. I'm like, look, this is my stage. And, you know, it's a lot going on. It, it was just crazy. And so we had to manage a lot of That was just insane. But we managed it. But, yeah, we got shut down. I remember it that. Crazy. It was a wild day. Yeah, everybody, everybody was confused as to like what was happening. Right. I think they had too many people in the dome. Period. Right? No, it was uh, in the convention center. Oh, in the convention center. I but it was, it was, it was was it too many people? Yeah, be basically because we're we had, we were in a new hall. Dorothy Norwood. I know is it Dorothy Norwood? No, I'm sorry, I have that wrong. Dottie Peoples. That's who we honored that year. Dottie Peoples. Sorry, Dorothy Norwood performed with on that program, but it was Dottie Peoples. And Johnny Gill came and sang a song. And, you know, uh, that's when I think the hall, they had to open the, the curtains to, 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 to actually kind of have people stand outside and watch because you couldn't get in the hall. Yeah, it was crazy. That was, was the girls trip. Was that the girl, girls trip? I, I don't know. That was a, that was a. Oh, no. You know what? It was after girls trip because after girls trip premiered and was in theaters Essence Festival got crazier with the with the amount of attendees. Mm -hmm. Like it was just bananas. Like you couldn't get to anything like across the city. Hotels were booking up like a year in advance. I remember it was a crazy year. Yes, it was. It was an insane year. (laughs) I remember that. Yeah. So you know, (laughs) yeah, that was the first time. But it's that's an awesome program. I think it gives attendees a chance to you know, go to church, you know, yep. get some inspiration and, you know, what an amazing way to, to end an essence festival than to really, you know, honor the black culture we all know, right. That's mm-hmm. what we are in, you know, with, with music that really speaks to who we are as people. Yeah. 
you've produced like just on that stage, you've produced some like pretty inspirational and amazing programming. When you look back over the years, like how does it feel for you to have played a part in the legacy of not just Essence Festival, but Essence Magazine, period? Oh my God, that's a huge question. (laughs) (laughs) I've never thought about that. Because we're in co- we're in the middle of COVID right now, right? So like, who knows, yeah. you know, what what the next iteration of Essence Festival might look like? Yeah, and- I, I just for me, I'm just extremely grateful that I had the opportunity to really hone my producer skills and contribute to who we are as a community that really made people think. Because I think a, a big part of the empowerment experience, like I said, when it was originally thought of, was really about you gather everybody together, but let's have an opportunity to talk about some things and how to create some change in our communities. And so it really did sort of become, it set a precedent, I think, or I feel, and I, and I will say this with advertising age now and always from people talking about it, you know, like in 2019, 18, what Essence grew into, even New York, New York Times even talked about what it has grown into. It really did set a standard to what you can do, you know, with an event such as a festival. It wasn't just about, oh, you know, let's hear music or, you know, let's have these sponsors do whatever or have alcohol attached to it or let's just go ahead and party. We're in the South, there's Bourbon Street. It wasn't any of those things. It was more about, how can we use this time wisely and, and, and really celebrate our culture, but also talk about the things that affect our lives? Right. A big part of that, too, was when, you know, you have the Maxine Waters, Hillary, Hillary Rodden Clinton. You know, we had the I mean, in 2019, you know, we pulled off having, I think, six to seven presidential nominees, which yep. was insane, which, you, which, you know, was I don't even know how we managed that. But we did, but it really did it the stage that 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 I I have had a chance <laughs> about the opportunity or I've I've really helped to mold was really about let's talk let's talk about things that can really educate, that can change lives, again, inspire and empower us to want to see things differently and want to be different. And you know what's so crazy that trickled down even into the staff that I had, you know, it's it's kind of funny hearing the stories now, not funny, but it's interesting to hear stories now about how they changed themselves or how their lives changed just from working on the Essence Festival and how they saw themselves completely different. Mm. Had power. Because I don't think that a lot of, you know, people feel like, oh, I'm just doing this, I'm doing that. No, 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 no. No matter where you are in life, you have power and you have value. Don't ever think you don't have that. You absolutely do have that. And I hope that's what people really got from the program that we did is that you can see the power that you have and that you know you have value and you have a voice. If it was about, again, trying to set next level, or if it was about, let's talk about just doing self-care. I mean, that's, that's to me, that's the big thing Susan Taylor told everybody about, about let's talk about you know honoring ourselves and, and, and doing self-care and talking about you know, I think rituals and practices that really did enhance our self-care. If that was a moment to meditate, as a moment to say a prayer, whatever it was, it was yoga. I mean, whatever it, it is, you know, 
we first talked about those things on stage. I mean, we had Deepak Chopra, which was one of my, the big things, which is, I mean, how, how unheard of is it to have a, festival? but you know, he did a program with the, with the, he did a partnership with a program in New York where they use meditation to really help deal with conflict uh, with teenagers, black teenagers, especially. So it's like, it's just, it really gave us this, this plethora of things we could talk about that, that we wanted to make a difference about, you know, in, in black people's lives. And so in that regard, you know, if I die tomorrow, I'm just so grateful for that legacy that I got a chance to create. And, and, you know, and, and it really did give me again, different sort of perspective of who I was that the, the, the things that even I want to talk about or issues that may have affected me, I got a chance to also look at that, I think, from both sides and get a chance to also interact with an audience who, you know, was very vocal, I think, in a way that we did things too, as far as the programming and, and topics we talked about. And, you know, we were doing, you know, text messaging at some point, you know, and really getting feedback from the audience. And and that's the thing, when you hear that audience clap, or when you hear that audience, like, you know, react, like you had a, you know, in a movie theater watching a Tyler Perry movie, and you hear them react, you know, to the programming, and you see them dancing in the aisles doing the gospel, you know, celebration. <laughs> that's, that's to me, like, that's, that's what success feels and looks like, you know, and I was able to do something and also change, like I said, change lives and that we were giving the audience what they wanted, which is amazing. Well, Gina, just meeting you and seeing you flourish as EP of the festival over the years and then ultimately working together, you changed my life. And so like, I know you kind of downplay like all of like the major accomplishments that you've done with the festival, but you're a boss. And you inspired me to like, just, you know, stand into like my own like entrepreneurial self and leader that I have with my team watching you. So you've created an amazing legacy with Essence Festival. Anybody that knows like Essence Festival and the empowerment stage knows and loves you. So, (laughs) I mean, it's all, it's truth. But yeah, I just wanted to let you know that, you know, I think you're amazing and I'm really looking forward to this next phase in your life because I know you got some projects in the works, including yeah. this. So you executive produced this, this indie feature film, right. Mondale, My Beauty. Mm-hmm. And so tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it's, it's an amazing project. I was on the board of the New Orleans Film Festival here. I met a filmmaker through, they have an, an emerging voices program where they nurture filmmakers along the way and they pair them a mentor. And I, I, when I wasn't aboard, I used to love going to these lunches with them and hear about the projects and get a chance to really, you know, talk to them and, and, and meet them. And so this one filmmaker, Marion Hill, I just thought it was so weird. I thought I knew her. So I was like, don't know you. And she's like, I don't think so. So you sure? You know, but she felt it's like this deja vu moment. I'm like, where do I know you from? And that's how we started talking. And I didn't really, I heard her talk about her project about Mom Bell, Mom Beauty, but we became friends. Like, you know, we would get together and we talk about, you know, where she was and on her journey and, 
how she was writing and things like that. And so we would have these meetups <laughs> and just kind of talk about stuff. And it was more of, you know, she's like, listen, uh, this is the way I want to do it. You know, I have this vision, you know, I, I, she wrote, directed, produced it and edited this project. And wow. I, I was really just in awe as I still am of Marion and just became, it became like this mentor mentee relationship just came in and advised them on a number of things with branding, you know, and how we're going to do things and budgets and, you know, investors and fundraisers. And so we worked together on those business things and, and also an opportunity, like I said, to kind of like help them, you know, with let's talk about branding this and what's important, some important, like unique things about this film. I think that you need to talk about because it is a very different sort of project. It's not for everybody. I would say that much. Um, <laughs> very alternative story. Uh, but the black, the you know, I actually did a, a conversation with the lead, Adela Johnson, who plays Birdie, who's the lead, about the role that she took on and she portrayed in, in, in this film because not many black women are given the opportunity to portray a character that's sexually fluid, you know, and that that owns her space in these relationships and she's not exoticized, you know, by her partner. She's like more in control of what she wants and who she is in their relationships. And so it, that's what struck me too. I was like, Whoa, this is a really, you know, kind of interesting storyline, but at the same time, it's a beautiful, it's, it's filmed in the South of France. It's just beautiful. The setting's beautiful. It just makes you feel good. It makes you laugh. There's like the, the, the music, Mahmoud, who's a composer, is from Morocco. And the, the music is just incredible. And the music sets another sort of tone for the film and that becomes sort of its own character. <laughs> and so it's, it's like this, it's not just the, the physical cast. It's like, you know, South of France. It's the music. It's just, you know, it's like watching this amazing piece of art come to life and, and, and to say that we didn't have a big budget to do it, 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 it it's a big budget film when you see it, you know, mm. you don't know that because it doesn't have an indie feel to it to me. So, yeah, I mean, so to this day, I mean, we're still, we're still celebrating. Good. That the film, the film sold and. Yay. That's exciting. Yeah. And so. That's like major. Yeah. I mean, we won an award, the audience award uh, in, because people loved it. It makes you feel good. I think people need to feel good right now. It's something that's not heavy. I think it's something that would definitely make you think about some things, how relationships also, they become different things to different people. And what's kind of normal for certain people may not be normal for you or me, but it is what it is, you know? So, but I just really enjoyed the work I did with her on this. And like I said, we're still celebrating and, and people will see it soon sometime, you know, later in the year. Yeah, it was it was just a great experience and I want to do more. So, you know, I'm writing my own TV series right now. I've been working on that for the last eight months. And fingers crossed, it, it'll get boxed. Yeah. And so I'm just in a, a new path with owning in my work and my concepts that I, I am being creative in a different way these days and using the work that I've done through the Essence Festival too, with just empowerment, I think, and given space to different sort of voices, right? As, you know, we all kind of grow and, and things change and, and morph in 2021, it's, I think it's really important that we do provide more space, a safe space 
mm-hmm. um, to really come from different different source spaces with their voices. You know, again, just excited about this year and, and what's next and what Shishar is doing. And, you know, I'll be, I know we haven't talked about it, but I'll be coaching soon too, offering coaching sessions and, you know, meditation stuff, boxes, merchandise. It's it's all going to come to fruition in the next, you know, within the next six months. It's, it's going to be a slow rollout. <laughs> Exciting. The website will be launched next next week. And and so I'm sure we're gonna make an announcement within the next couple of weeks about how people can see it. And again, it's it's all about this is all about new Gina, new G Shar. And it's really about me stepping into this sort this really, you know, feminine divine space that I love it. I'm owning uh in twenty twenty one. So I'm excited about it. I love it. Well, I'm excited to see like everything that's gonna come out of like this, this new uh, metamorphosis with Miss Gina, because uh, I know, you know, we've been working on a few things for, you know, just trying to figure out like the the way to like carve out your own lane outside right. of being known as Gina from That's Essence right. Festival. You're the first person, you know, I, you're the first person that really encouraged me to talk more and own the lane and the space in the work you know, that I've been doing for a very long time that I was hesitant to really get myself out there and put myself in front of because I am a behind the scenes person. I, the spotlight sort of scares me a little bit sometimes, you know, or me, it just, like I said, I I can't, it's just so weird. (laughs) It's It's a different space to be in. But I do thank you for, you know, nudging me, you know, to, to really talk about that again and sort of be just, just be, yeah, embrace who I am, you know, in, in other words, you're the first person that really encouraged me to do that. So thank you, Drina, you know, for, for getting me out my box. So, <laughs> of course, it. of course. So this, this is the last question, but so for anyone that's looking to get into like the sort of creative entertainment production industry. Is there a roadmap on how you got to here or is there specific advice that you would give for anyone that's looking to break into the industry? Ooh, things are, things have changed so much since I broke into the industry. And, you know, I, I, I tell, and this is something that, I did an interview with New Orleans, um, sorry, New York uh, women in film and television during Sundance, and we were talking. We're asked what kind of advice you give to younger filmmakers, and I was like, I think you just have to really, you have to own what you're doing, and you have to be very intentful about it, and you got to be very disciplined about just what the end result is that you want, and. Once you figure out what you want to do, I think and you start maybe looking at other people who may emulate who you want to become or, you know, someone you want to look at their career or study sort of like their path. I think definitely should do that. But I do think younger people have an opportunity to use social media more. And they're doing it now, I think, to really put themselves out there and to really own their space they can talk about what they want to do or can sort of like, you know, use it as, as, as a, as a tool to really 
I don't know, you know, reach out to people who could be mentors if not everybody's open to doing that because people don't have time these days. We're all trying to, you know, do projects and write and all sorts of things and also work with clients. But I, I, I do think that if, if you're like a writer or if you're like a filmmaker or whatever, I think you have to figure out a way to get your projects done. And that could be in a shoestring budget with your friends. Just do it. You know, so one thing this film taught me that don't wait. There's never a perfect, perfect moment for anything. If there's something that you want to do and it's a project, you just do it. You know, if it's a podcast you want to start with different, you know, talking about different topics or just do it. That's the thing I think this this generation has taught us that we just can't wait. We have to create our audience. We have to create our market. We have to touch people with our personal our personal stories. Again, if it's someone you want to emulate or something you want to do, study their career. Make sure you are educating yourself and up to date on whatever it is in, 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 in your industry that, you're, that, that you want to do. Just make sure you, you, you know on a very educated in certifications, if it's continuing education or whatever it is, and even volunteering sometimes, sometimes it's somebody that you may want to learn more about what they're doing. You don't always have to get paid because I think that not the things that you learn from someone is not always about money and you work on mm-hmm. not about is not trend. It's not always like transactional on that money level. And I'm not telling you work for free completely. I'm saying if it's like maybe five, 10 hours a week, or you want to support somebody by offering to do some administrative work, whatever it is, or, you know, maybe it's an exchange you could do. Maybe it's like, okay, I can do this for you. And then you can give me two hours of mentoring a week. Think about creative ways to really, uh, get more expertise and get mentoring so you can get what you need. You yeah. Know? And cause like you're saying, I, I, I do think that it does take some time to become an expert or it does take some time to really know your craft or hone your craft or, or you know, really become well, well versed, you know, you gotta be a good student. Absolutely. But I think there's, there's creative ways to really get the knowledge you need. You got to think about those creative ways so it's a win-win for the person, you know, you may want to shadow or, you know, get mentored by. Because I think mentorship is really important right now. Definitely. Well, Gina, thank you so much for joining me today. I really loved sharing your story. And I can't wait to see what, you know, 2021 brings for you. Oh, thank you, Gina. Thank you so much for inviting me. I, you know, I love you and I so appreciate you. And Looking forward to, you know, all of us achieving great things. <laughs> exactly. Let's claim it. Yes. Let's absolutely. claim it. Absolutely.